All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast brought to you by Red Triangle Sports. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski of the Denver Desert Dog. Joining me tonight, uh, Phil Bruce from the Seawolves. Phil, how's it going, buddy? Going great, Matt. How you doing? Good evening. I'm doing all right, um, except that my youngest son just started sobbing upstairs, but... Um, I just went up there and checked on him, so hmm. we'll uh, see if maybe Libby can handle that one right now, so we can get this thing going. Nice uh, delegation. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about the waiver wire last night. Um, a couple moves. I add Damian Williams uh, for $28. Bowl adds Chris Ivory. Drops Naheem Hines for $13. Ball also adds Elijah McGuire. Drops Anthony Miller for $6. Got to think Miller, you know, for a team without a keeper, worth at least grabbing. Um, Sammy Watkins gets dropped by Spears. Spears adds D.D. Westbrook. Uh, Abusement Park playing this thing out. Drops Des Bryant, adds Nick Foles because they needed a quarterback. And yep. then uh, drops Rhett Ellison and adds Kenneth Dixon. So, uh, what say you about the waiver wire last night? We've got a little bit of the benefit of hindsight with Damian Williams. I, I think he's the big impact player for this week. I was surprised that, that, that he was out there and, and he got dropped. Not a big Chris Ivory fan. I, I understand the, the volume's going to be there, but we've seen McCoy struggle so, so much this season mm-hmm. that putting somebody that's not nearly as talented back there and giving them that volume, I, I'm, I'm not excited if that's my lineup with, with him there. McGuire, uh, I... I haven't looked too much at, at, at that matchup. I, I assume he's going to be last man standing in, in the Jets' backfield. Don't know how excited I am about that. That, even one's, with, yeah, uh, that one's murky. The Jet, Jets running backfield. Um, Crowell, yeah. I think, practiced today maybe. Uh, they're okay. all kind of in the questionable range. And I don't think it's a great matchup against Houston. So, Yeah, even when they've had a Belka back there and, and they've given them the volume... It's been hit or miss this yeah. season. Uh, so to, I, I'm most excited about Damian Williams for, from that group. I, I don't think there's a whole lot of other relevant pieces that, that took place last night. Yeah, I thought Williams was the, the clear ad out of the group that was available last night. Um, and I just put a dollar more on him than uh, Bull had available. And it actually still kept me under the cap without having to drop Le'Veon Bell and make him available for all of the piranhas out there. Um, <laughs> the Ivory thing is interesting because it was looking like, you know, Ivory was going to be the number one guy, but I think McCoy practiced today. So, um, and that's not a good running matchup anyway against Detroit. Uh, ever since they added Snacks Harrison, they've been much better against the run. So, and they're not a good running team. No, no. To begin uh, with, Josh Allen's their so, best running back. So, yeah, that that's tough. But you know, if McCoy were to be out, yeah, you can probably count on seven to eight points from Ivory. 
the, the funny thing about Williams, and I guess we'll probably talk about him a little bit in my game, but um, I labored for like all day about if I was going to start Williams or Jarvis Landry. Um, Spencer Ware gets ruled out finally, and then kind of thought, I guess Williams and Landry have similar floors. Uh, got a little opinion from Eddie, too, and he was on the same side as me, so threw Williams in there, and uh, that's where we're at. Yeah. Do you typically reach out to Eddie for a lot of those, or do you reach out to three or four people? Or uh, no, he, he and I bounce a lot of stuff off each other, so... Um, Music to my ears. Yeah, yeah. I, I oh, give me, give me some more of that. I love it. <laughs> uh, that's probably why we're both in the semifinals and you're uh, four and nine. So, Congrat- congratulations. Yeah, thank you. All right, so uh, dogs versus weevils. I have to admit, this isn't necessarily the team that I wanted to be running up against uh, this week. Much, much rather would have played um, Eddie or Fegley. Just Fegley's team banged up, and uh, Eddie's team, same thing, just a little banged up. Um, and Bowl just happens to have more stars. You know, you got Ezekiel Elliott, Julio Jones, George Kittle is a top five tight end, um, and then OBJ went healthy, and then obviously uh, Breeze and Luck at the quarterback position. So uh, definitely some scarier players on the Weevils, and. Uh, not really thrilled about having to play them after the franchise. This was the second team I didn't want to really play. So, uh-huh. um, coming into this matchup, I guess I was favored by like six points, maybe. So, let's just kind of go through. We'll start off with my team. Um, obviously, we both, I think, expect Gurley and Cooks to bounce back against the Eagles this week. What a juicy matchup. <laughs> I mean, the Eagles are throwing second and third strings out there, and uh, I, I know it's a must-win game for them, but they their defense has just not looked good. They made Dak Prescott look completely capable mm-hmm. last week, and Amari Cooper just did whatever he wanted to him. So you look at that matchup, and you look at Cooks and, and Gurley, and I, I don't know if you can – think of a better matchup they're they're at home and sort of a revenge game from from last season what the eagles ran it up on them a little bit you got it i i i love it i think they're both top five plays this week yeah i think it's a good matchup for them obviously um coming off that loss sunday night against the bears you'd expect Gurley and uh cooks to um kind of go off the my one concern and you're gonna probably laugh about this but um golf was so bad the last two weeks against detroit and against the bears um this is about as good a matchup you're gonna see in the 2018 nfl for a quarterback i'm a little worried that they just kind of keep keep girly you know off to the side and make this a golf game just to get him back and rolling i feel like um, and I have no grounds to even really go on this, but I feel like Goff's one of those guys that needs to needs to be feeling good. Like he he, he can't have a couple bad weeks in a row. Like they got to get him back right um, to make this end of regular season push here. 
nurse the ego a little bit. That's what you're thinking. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's... I wouldn't call it an ego. It's almost like a lack of ego. Like, I almost what? feel like he doesn't think yeah. much of himself and, you know... One other point I'll, I'll add on to that is I don't think it's just Goff. I, I, I think coaching-wise, we've seen some question marks come up. <clears throat> Typically, they haven't really been criticized all that much. Like yeah. the, the last two or three weeks, they've been talked about about um, how much they're offensive geniuses and how they're so much better than everybody else and yeah. they've struggled. So this is definitely a, a good statement game for them to come out and, and have Goff put up four or five touchdowns. So I, I, I think to your point, there's a, a little bit of risk there. There's a little bit of risk that the game might be out of hand early too. But if Goff goes off, I, I see Gurley at least being on the receiving end of, of a few of those screen passes that go for 70, 80 yards. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah. Gurley and Cooks, I, I'd imagine if the Rams put up a 40-point effort, which I think they should be close to. Um, I can probably expect almost 40 between those two guys. So I'd be happy with that, obviously. Um, Kirk Cousins, another guy on my team that was brutal last week. It's funny, all my guys that played um, on the day game Sunday played really well and then um, shit the bed pretty much. Um, Cousins, awful at Seattle. Another poor Monday night game. If I know Kirk Cousins, though... A home one o'clock game against Miami when no one's watching him. That's that's the time you want Kirk Cousins on your lineup. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I agree with you. It was such a stinker Monday night, and there's a lot of people questioning the contract and if he's going to regress a little bit towards what his normal performance is. Expect a, a big bounce back game this week, but I, I don't know. You, you've got Mayfield sitting out there on the bench. Any uh, any second thoughts on on your QB selection? Um, definitely thought about maybe throwing Mayfield in there. Uh, you saw Nick Mullins kind of torch up Denver last week. Uh, a couple of things I don't like about that game. I don't like uh, a rookie quarterback going into Denver. It's still one of the worst places places to play um, for altitude and environment reasons. So I'm not really thrilled about that. Uh, Denver kind of got embarrassed last week, and they do have a pass rush. So, uh, and Cousins, Miami's been atrocious against quarterbacks this year. So, um, new offensive coordinator should have a little bit more emphasis on the running game with my with Minnesota. May open up some things in the passing game. So, I'm just gonna roll with it, and you know, hope that you know, at worst, it's a 15 point game from Cousins. Probably the right statistical play. I agree with everything you're saying. It's just one of those things that you saw him play so poorly on Monday night that, again, when when you go and lock and load your your roster Sunday morning, it's just not it's not a name you feel great about. No. No, Russell Wilson wasn't uh, very good though either on Monday night. So. <laughs> I'm not necessarily regretting that whole conversation that you and I had. That's true. Yeah, fair point. But, there was uh, a stinker. Yeah, that was just a bad football game. Um, and then I think you're another one of the guys that's more in tune with uh, real football as much as fantasy football. But what did you make of Minnesota getting rid of DiFilippo? Uh, I thought that was kind of embarrassing. Uh, 
on. I, I, I agree that it's a, a little embarrassing, and I think the, the when, when did they do it? They didn't do it the, 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 the morning after? Yeah, it was Tuesday, when, Tuesday morning. Yeah, I, I, I'm never a big fan of that, especially for a team that is kind of where the Vikings are. Yeah, it, 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 it wasn't a good luck. It, it sounded like there must have been something else going on there behind the scenes. So I didn't know that that's Zimmer's fourth offensive coordinator in his tenure here in Minnesota. Um, Norv Turner, Pat Shermer, uh, Filippo. I don't know who the fourth one is, honestly. But uh, there's been a lot of like drama between him and his coaches. I mean, obviously Shermer goes out and gets the the Giants job in the offseason. And um, I don't think any head coach would ever hold their coordinators uh, hostage and not allow them to better themselves and be a head coach somewhere. But... Um, I guess the quarterbacks coach last year, Stefanski, who's now the OC, he wanted to go to New York with Shermer, and and uh, Zimmer wouldn't let him block it. And he said, you know, they asked him why, and he said, um, if I'm loyal to these coaches when we have bad offenses and keep them on my staff, as soon as the offense becomes good, I'm not letting them go. And I just think that's such a Mike Zimmer take. Like, I, I like Mike Zimmer as a coach, but that is so 1970s, 1980s defensive man that's the leader of the team talk for me. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's old school, <laughs> Yeah, right? And, and some coaches are, are very much like that. Other coaches <clears throat> are still going to do, you know, you know we, have, we have coaches in the league that they get called by their first names. And then we have other coaches like this that want to set a precedent that, you need to earn everything, and yeah. it's not going to be given to you. And I'm not going to let you move if I think you're in a good spot. You know, things like that. So it's it's weird. Uh, I, I don't know Zimmer. I didn't realize that was his fourth offensive coordinator either. That's not a good look. And th- those were some pretty good names that you threw out there yeah. in the offensive coordinator world. So it's not like he's getting duds in there. No. Um, and the people that are saying Kirk Cousins uh, robbed Minnesota that that's ridiculous. Um, if you've watched Minnesota play at all this year, um, dude is just getting destroyed every play. The offensive line's atrocious. And some of that may have to do with the play calling, but uh, I, I think Cousins is fine. I think this would, they'd be much worse than they are now with Keenum still there. Yeah, Keenum hasn't really lit the world on fire in, in Denver. He's, but, um, I, yeah, I don't think there'd be that much of a difference, to tell you the truth between those two if, if he was still in Minnesota. Uh, final question for the Desert Dogs. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, Eric Ebron, Aaron Jones all have tough matchups this week. Hilton and Ebron against the Cowboys. Aaron Jones at the Bears. Any concerns for those three players uh, and their matchups this week? Denver, or not Denver, Dallas' defense obviously is really good, but in terms of what else you could put out there, I think those names are too high-powered and they've done too much this season to where I think they're, they're matchup-proof compared to where that replacement player would be, like the, the Corey Davises. Maybe Mark Ingram you could make a case for, but I feel like he's been so inconsistent. Um, but, yeah, Landry... Give me the tough matchup with the better players over the Davis Landry wide receiving duo that I've been making fun of all season. I got to keep an eye on Hilton. He hasn't practiced all week, um, but Landry, you know, 
there's something to the fact that Denver just got roasted by San Francisco and uh, you know, Chris Harris is out and Landry dominates the slot and Denver's not very good against the slot, but uh, I think I got to go Cooks and Hilton and uh, you know Aaron Jones at Chicago is not ideal, but I think he should get enough work and you just got to hope he punches one in. He should, yeah, he should, he should get the volume, right? Yeah. Um, and he, he's also somebody, he's done enough this season. It, it, it certainly has the yards per carry average out there that a lot of people like to say. that you, You've got to take at least a flyer on him. All right, let's get to, uh, let's get to Bowles' team. Um, <clears throat> I think he made a defense switch. He had the Bears in there earlier. So Bears have the Packers. And that game is in Chicago. Vikings are home against Miami. Uh, what do you think about his def- defense and what he should do there? I feel like the Bears are pretty much match-proof now, especially with the amount of pressure they were able to generate on, on Rodgers week one. I'm surprised that, that they're not in there. I'm trying to figure out what they are for the whole season. Um, do you know what they're – are they the number one defense overall? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I, get, I, I, I know Vikings Miami might seem like a, a little bit of a better matchup, but I think you got to ride the number one defense and and just hope Mac does something special and gets a TD somehow. Nine times this year over over ten points, uh, over twelve yeah. points even. So nine out of fourteen. Or nine out of thirteen weeks. Sorry, uh, the other four were five and six point efforts. So even that's not miserable. Um, so it wasn't one of those number one defenses with a bunch of weeks that were like twenty five points or anything like that. They've been pretty consistent. No, I mean their average is thirteen point eight, and you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, twelve, sixteen, sixteen. They have three over twenty, but they're just they're mid teens, and if they score a touchdown, they typically get. In the twenties, so um, actually last week they didn't score a touchdown. Still got in the twenties because they had four picks. Uh, I think they had a safety, a bunch of sacks, six points allowed. Just a, a really good effort against the Rams. And they had fourteen against the Packers uh, last time they played. So that was a long time ago. It was the first week, but. Still definitely something that, to consider. That was when the Packers still had something to play for. Yes, that was week one. That was the Sunday night game that Aaron Rodgers came back on one leg and beat the Bears. Yeah. And then everyone talked about Aaron Rodgers for the next week, and it was sickening. God, he's so good. Um, Julio Jones gets a home game against the hapless Arizona Cardinals. Is Patrick Peterson still a thing? Are we worried about that at all, or is Julio just going to go nuts in this one? I haven't been paying enough attention to, to Peterson this year. Has he been shutting down? I have no idea. Receiver ones? I have no idea. I, I haven't either. I haven't, I've tried to ignore the fact that Arizona exists at all this year. Yeah, it just feels like <laughs> a wasted year and a, wa- and a wasted season out in Arizona, other than Rosen getting some experience and, and getting some reps. I to tell you the truth, I don't even know how, how well he's been doing. I, I see him once in a while on red zone, but I feel like even there the second or third game on that four thirty slot that gets shown on red zone. He's been bad. He hasn't he hasn't been good, but um that offense is super suspect. 
uh, Christian Kirk not even there now, so uh, definitely not been a good situation at all for for him. Yeah, they have a uh, is it Leftwich? That's their interim. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah. Byron Leftwich. Nice. P- Pittsburgh West. Yeah. Yep. He it was um, forget who got fired halfway through the year. Yeah, it was, that it was a too. typical recycled of the like Ken Wisenhunt mold, some something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so OBJ um, still hasn't practiced this week. He has, a, a, I guess, a pretty bad quad injury. Um, said that he's not going to know till before game time on Sunday. Does does Bowl need Odell Beckham to play to uh, to win this game? He absolutely does. I mean, if you look at the, the, the drop-off in players for him, it's even worse than, than, than what you deal with. If, if, if Becca doesn't play, I think he's he's done this week. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a, that's a tough one. I'm not sure. I mean, obviously you like to see Odell Beckham in there, but even if he does play, how effective can he be knowing that he had to sit out last week, hasn't practiced at all this week? Um, and we're getting it. We're getting into Friday tomorrow. So um, obviously, he doesn't want to take him out of the lineup because then we're talking Zay Jones or um, Elijah McGuire, one of those players, and that's just not not there. Yeah, he he's got to get in a limited session tomorrow at least, or or this is going to be tough. Yeah. And finally, uh, I guess we should talk about. I, I hate to do this because I don't want to give any tips, but. Uh, who should bowl play at quarterback right now? He has Luck in in a home game against Dallas. Luck been much better lately than Drew Brees, his other quarterback, who has a road game against Carolina on Monday night. Yeah, I wonder if he has Luck in there just to offset the Hilton-Ebron combo that you're rolling out. I, I wonder if that's taken into account at all. But to me, I, I think the obvious play here is rolling out Breeze just because of how tough of a matchup Dallas has been and I, th- I think Luck's due for a pretty bad game um this is the first time I've looked at Luck's game logs uh this season and they are incredible uh two three bad games this year 13 in week 2 15 in week 3 and 8 in week 13 um every other game has been over 23.5 points. Um, most of them over 25 points even. So he, he kind of lives in that that 25 to 30 range. His average is 25.8 a game. Yeah. Um, so luck, Luck's been incredible uh, this year. <clears throat> Breeze has a higher average, but Breeze has had... Um, I guess a, a couple more stinkers. He's got an 8, a 7, an 8, a 14 last week, um, a 20 earlier in the season. So, <sighs> luck at home is hard to not, luck at home is hard to not play. Um, and I think, I think you can probably throw on Dallas a little bit. So, and I think obviously Indy has to throw. I don't think they have, I mean, Marlon Mack's good, but I don't think it's that situation. And I, I, ne- I just never like Breeze on the road. Carolina is not a really intimidating environment for that, but they haven't played Carolina yet this year, and and he's on the road, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I, 
it's going to be tough because you're cheering for Luck, but if Luck throws it, it's going to be to Ebron or it's going to be to Hilton. Yeah. Damian Williams with the tutter. Oh, my God. He's up to 19.6. Yes, he is. That's big. Oh, you hate to see this. <laughs> you, you, hate, you, you hate it when the matchup is over. Oh, stop. On the That's Thursday stupid. night game. Because look stupid. at that. You, so you're going to get... You're, you're probably looking at 70 to 75 points from your top three running backs this week. I mean, that you can't... What are you going to do with that? That's the goal, man. That's what you shoot for every week. Like you said... Get Gurley and Kamara, and that's how you win fantasy football. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then you just fill in these waiver wire duds in the second round of the playoffs like Damian Williams. Yeah. I, I yeah. I, I really didn't know what to do with him, man. I, I was, yeah. I, I, heard, I heard differing arguments from a lot of fantasy experts all day today. And I had a lot of time to think about it. I was off work because Emmett had his dental surgery this morning. Um, so I heard a lot of different things. Heard a guy I don't even really respect much say that he was going to go for 38 PPR points. And I'm like, come on, man. I don't want to hear that nonsense. <laughs> like, He's on track. Yeah. Um, all right. Who wins? Dogs versus Weevils? The dogs just keep showing why their their owner had, has won so many in a row with this Damian Williams move. Talk about savvy. I mean, this guy just keeps getting better and better, and he's willing to bench his wide receiver one and wide receiver two from, from draft day. So I, I, I like the dogs this week. I, I think they win pretty comfortably. I like myself, too. Uh, obviously, I like a lot of what this start has been, so that definitely helps. Um, but I still expect it to be fairly tight. So I think Zeke's had a good matchup against uh, Indianapolis. Um, I think the Cowboys lean on Zeke a little more this week, trying to keep Luck off the field. So I think that should help. Uh, let's move over to the other semifinal, Steel Curtain versus Team Ice Cream. Uh, we'll start off with Eddie's team. Eddie riding a seven-game, eight-game win streak now. Um, just an incredible run by the Curtain. Uh, Dalvin Cook, <clears throat> you like his matchup against Miami. A um, couple of reasons why they went to a new OC, I guess, is Zimmer wants them to run the football more. Cook's looked good. He just has been getting limited volume. Um, so what do you expect him to do in a home game against the Dolphins? Yeah, I, I think he's going to get more volume now. Uh, and I, I think he's going to have a really good game. It, it's not going to be a, a Cook and... Uh, Kirk Cousins game, so it'll be one of those that's going to go off. I kind of like Cook a little bit more this week, but I think he does really well. And you know, now is this is when you want your guys to get healthy, right? So it's not such a bad thing that Cook's been hurt most of the season, and think you think he's in a great spot and locked and loaded, ready to go. It's a pretty healthy roster. Yeah, I like Cook. Uh, I like Cook this week too. I, I don't. I think there is a a place for him and. Cousins having a game, I think one of the things Zimmer might be looking at is all the teams in the NFL utilizing the screen game, and they don't have a good offensive line, so why can't they allow the pressure to get in a little bit and then kind of flip it up behind him? Cook has that game-breaking ability, so I, I could see something working out in that sense. Let me ask you a question. Do you think there's a little bit of a letdown for Miami after that huge win last week? We I know 
some of those last-second wins like we saw with Minnesota last year in the playoffs, then even get off the plane in Philadelphia that next week with that miracle win, do you think we see something similar with the Dolphins? I think we could see something like that. Miami's a very good home team, not not necessarily very good on the road. Um, Tannehill's a little banged up, too. Minnesota, everything to play for. Um, they really can't afford to lose any more football games. They have Carolina, the Eagles, the Packers breathing down their neck. Um, and those teams keep losing, and that's the only thing that's really keeping Minnesota in the playoff race. So eventually that's going to stop, and Minnesota's going to have to start winning football games. And what better way to start off at home against Miami? Um, all right, let's move over to the quarterback situation for the Steel Curtain. It's been a debate every week, all season long. Big Ben, home game against New England. Matt Ryan, home game against Arizona. Um, as juicy as that Matt Ryan matchup is, the Big Ben one, just as juicy. Big Ben's going to have to put up a big game against New England for them to stay in this game. Um, I think you got to go Ben. I agree. That's going to be super juicy, especially because James Conner's not looking like he's going to play. He's yet to practice this week and has to at least get a limited session in tomorrow for, for you to think he's going to play. So that means Ben's going to have to do everything. Yep. And uh, this is must win for the Steelers. They're going to rely on Ben. So the, the Patriots have shown what they're going to do before, right? They're going to double up on Antonio Brown, take him out of the game. This is going to be a huge Ben Juju slash Vance McDonald slash Jesse James maybe type week. Yep, I wanted to ask about Vance McDonald too because Njoku goes up against Denver and like I mentioned earlier, we just saw Kittle go 7 for 210 and a score against Denver. Um, That's a hard matchup to turn down, but then again... Um, there's nobody yeah. on this on the Patriots defense that has the athleticism to keep up with McDonald in the middle of the field, and we've seen Ben like to use the middle of the field um, with the with the tight ends. McDonald's had a couple big games, so where where do you stand on that? Keep getting a uh, poor connection here, so we'll wait. There you are, um, tight end. Where do you stand on that? You're muted. You're muted. Yes. There you so, go. Sorry about that. So you, you were uh, you you broke up there for a second. Can you can you repeat the question? Yeah. So Njoku gets Denver. Uh, just went seven for two ten with yep. Kittle last week. Vance McDonald, nobody in the middle of the field for the Patriots can keep up with him. Where where would you stand on tight end if you're the steel curtain? I think it's McDonald and it's not close just because of what the Patriot defensive game plan is going to be. They're going to do everything they can. Without Connor, they're going to do everything they can to shut down Brown and then Juju, which means Vance McDonald, Jesse James. I, I, I think that's going to be a huge week. I wouldn't be surprised with Cleveland's tougher matchup and Baker's tougher matchup that Vance doubles up in Joku. I, I agree. I would go with uh, Vance too. So, And then uh, do you think Joe Mixon has a chance to be the highest scoring 
non-quarterback in this matchup? Where would you go, Mixon or McCaffrey? I love McCaffrey. Yeah. Just he's been such a stud this season, and the offense seems to run through him. That I I, I think it's really in in terms of like total week scoring, I think it's very close between. McCaffrey and Mixon for like top five spot for, for non-QBs but I'm just such a huge McCaffrey fan and have been since before the season that I'm always going to take him um, yeah I'm going to take McCaffrey too he's just going to catch the ball more uh, but I think Mixon can have a big game um, alright so right now Spears has 19.5 from Mahomes 16.5 from Mike Williams about 8 minutes left in the third quarter so he's got to be happy with the Williams production Probably would like to see a little more out of Mahomes. Uh, we already talked about McCaffrey. Um, Amari Cooper at Indy. Um, how do you feel about Cooper? Obviously, we, we like him, right? Yeah, you, you got to like him. Man, this team's good. Yeah, yeah, it's a good team. Uh, Miami's been bad against tight ends this year, so we got to like Rudolph's matchup. Um, just with Mahomes, McCaffrey, Cooper... And getting a little bit out of Mike Williams, that's going to be tough right there. Um, don't love the Colts' defense against Dallas, but Dallas is still a, you know, a bad quarterback. So, um, Doug Baldwin not necessarily looking like he's going to play. So that would be something he has to look at. It looks like he's probably pegging D.D. Westbrook for that matchup. Um, and then Jeffrey against the Rams. Jeffrey should be able to catch some some football. So. Yeah, you gotta. DD looks okay as a fill in for Doug, but I, I'd even maybe even consider getting a Jesse James. I, I think Jesse's out there on the waiver wire, right? So just based on that game script that we were talking about, I think he's going to be targeted uh, a, a ton. Um, I, I might even go out to the wire and, and grab him over DD, but I, I'm definitely. I've been out on Baldwin for the last five, six weeks, hence why I dropped him. I I don't feel great about putting him in a matchup because he has he's staring goose egg right at the face. So you'd run the two tight end set. Rudolph and sometimes James. yeah, sometimes you gotta throw the, 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 the playbook out with some of the stuff as evidenced by the, the, the Damian Williams play and, and I don't know, it, it, it's the playoffs, you just gotta find a way to get it done for a week. It's not a doesn't have to be a long-term strategy, but yeah. why not? I think I'd be looking, uh, I think if I was him, I'd be looking Tim Patrick's way. Um, really an unknown guy, but he, uh, 7 for 85 last week in San Francisco. Denzel Ward not playing this week for Cleveland. Um, so I, I like Denver to be able to throw the ball a little bit. And uh, I think Cleveland, that, that should be a good game. So I, I would maybe lean towards Tim Patrick. Hoping you can get maybe 10 points out of him for that. But that's a total dart throw. Yeah. So so with Jesse James, that'd, that'd be a total dart throw, too. Yeah. All right. Who wins uh, Who wins the curtain versus ice cream matchup? I was just eating ice cream a few minutes ago, but I, I, I still would have picked the ice cream otherwise. There's just... So much elite talent on this team between Mahomes, McCaffrey, and Amari Cooper has turned into a, a top 10 play week in and week out here. 
that it's a really top-heavy team, but those three are so, so good. And when you're going to get 17 out of Mike Williams on a Thursday night game, you got to feel like luck's going to be in your favor that week. Yeah. Um, the Mike Williams thing definitely changes things for me. I, n- I never would have expected him to get... Oh, wow. Okay, so Mike Williams just caught another touchdown. He's got 20... <laughs> He's got 24.4 now. Um, that's not good. I was going to pick the curtain. Um, I don't know if I can go there now because uh, that's that's a tough one, getting 24.4 from Mike Williams. Um, I think there's a huge opportunity for Mac, Jeffrey, and um, whoever plays in that Baldwin spot. Actually, there's a Mike Williams touchdown run. That's even worse. Um, but Mac, Jeffrey, Baldwin spots all have potential for low numbers. Oh, man. Um, Career high tonight for Mike Williams, 24.4 points. You hate to see that. That's 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 bad. Yeah. That's uh, that's, just, that's just bad luck. That's why Spears and, shoots hey, ice cream. Hey, Spears did it to me with Sammy Watkins earlier this year. Yeah. You, know, you, you roll that guy out and he puts up a career game. It just... It stinks, but I'm taking the curtain. It's, it's still it's still early, right? I'm Did still you? taking the curtain. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna let that change. Um, Big Ben, I think he can put up forty. Mixon, uh, I like Mixon this week too. So those two I like, guys, I like Mixon a lot. Yeah, so I think those two guys can uh, can maybe get it done, and uh, hopefully you know keep Eddie alive here. He's riding that eight game win streak. He's, he wants a shot at 18 straight, so. All right. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if, uh, if if he would remind the league nearly as much as you reminded the league about your win streak winning the count. I think he probably would. If he gets to that point, I think you deserve the ability to do that. And then uh, last note for this. So you're saying ice cream versus dogs. I'm saying dogs versus curtain. Um, last thing I want to end on for uh, this podcast, I told you that me, you, and Shane, the only three members of the 6,000 regular season point club. How's it feel? Somehow it feels really, really good because I know I think I've had two tanking seasons in there where I was a seller at the deadline. So I, I'm surprised by that, to, to tell you the truth. But, um, I'm also surprised by Shane because I feel like Shane's had a similar path where he's had a few seasons that just he wasn't all that great or his teams weren't that good. Uh, I'm not surprised to see the, the the guy that's won 30 straight games before <laughs> at, at the top. But um, curious, when how or uh, who was fourth and how close was it? Um, well, the other the only point to Shane is he dominated the first two seasons of the league. I I just caught him in total points, um, in like week twelve of this year. Oh, so, okay. Um, gotcha. So you just snuck in. You're at six thousand twenty one, and next is Team Ice Cream at fifty nine sixty two. Uh, no surprise there. Troy's been good three out of four years. Um. Right after him is the Hammer at 59-45. No surprise there. Butler's made the playoffs three seasons. And then uh, the Bull Weevils at 59-16. Uh, 
So right. very interesting. Bowl is twenty one and thirty two in his Sons of Fantasy football career. So he's winning at a thirty nine percent clip, but the sixth highest scoring team in the league in the four years the league's been around. That's just bad luck. Yes. There's only two members of the six thousand points allowed club and um Papa Kaz is just over six thousand. Um and then you got Bowl at sixty two fifty, which is a hundred points more than I've scored in four seasons. So Bowl on average has faced two points per week better than the best team in the league in four years. So you gotta hope that that evens out at some point, right? <laughs> Over the next few he's, years, maybe. He's given up one hundred and twenty points a game on average. And where are you at? I give up 107 per game, and I score 118 on average. Mm-hmm. Any surprising names up there for the, for the points for? Um, points for. I mean, your just your your takeaway. For, um, so for us to be over 6,000, any any surprises for the three of us? Um, no, no, I'm not totally surprised. I mean, um. No, it's not. It's not real surprising. the The interesting part is that I guess the Mad Dogs joined the league after we got rid of kickers and after we softened softened defensive scoring a little bit. Uh, so the Mad Dogs have the lowest average for and average against. So that tells me in the last two years, league scoring has been down um, on average. Um, which I guess when you when you drop a player out of the lineup, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep. So, no, not not a whole lot of surprises. Um, everybody kind of sits in like there's a lot of teams like uh, the Clan is at forty seven percent winning winning. Team Ice Cream's at fifty seven percent. Ice Cream's third. Uh, Clan is ninth. Um, the Weevils and Franchise are outliers. Well, I guess Park Weevils and Franchise are outliers. All winning at a thirty-seven to forty percent clip, and then uh, myself and the Mad Dogs are probably outliers in terms of the winning clip. Um, wow. I'm at sixty-eight percent, and the Mad Dogs are at sixty percent. So I'd say anything in the forties, in the high forties and mid fifties, is reasonable. Anything outside of that's probably an outlier. Mm-hmm. So I just updated those figures tonight while I was waiting for you. Uh, so very nice. Yeah. Good. Good analytics. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. I don't think it's totally surprising, but way to finally step up and do something as commissioner. Hey, you got it, man. All right. Um, that's it. Anything else you want to add? Shit's ice cream is only projected for one thirty-four. Even even with this, do, do those adjust? You know, uh, they must have because when Williams scored the touchdown, it was one twenty six. Think I lost you. Um, they do adjust because he was at one twenty six when Williams scored the touchdown. And Eddie's only at one 
130. Yes. Four point difference. Yeah. So it, even with the blowout from Mike Williams, it, it, it's a really close game. And then once you put Vince McDonald in this lineup, I, I, I think they've got a much better chance. So this will be the one to watch for me. The other one I'll, I'll pay attention to, but I know I don't want to get too invested in watching the dogs lose because it, it, it's not going to happen. It's just, I don't, I don't know what it is, but um, you seem seemingly can't do any wrong in, in this league, and I, I don't see why that wouldn't continue. Just want to get in the big game. You want to give yourself a chance. That's all. That's all you want to do. So yeah, that, that's your strategy. Just make the championship game every year and take it from there. Yeah, just get to the, get to the title game. Can't win it yep. if you're not in it. So all right, let's wrap this thing up so I can go check on my uh, crying son, and you can put your daughter to bed. All right, so uh, we will next right, week, next week we will talk about the top ten keepers. Heading into 2019 in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. Something tells me we'll see some wolves and some dogs on that list. And uh, we will preview whatever the championship game is. So here's one to take you home. This song's called Big Titanium. And it's by Wolves. Ooh.